Detective Inspector Charlotte Savage woke with a sense of loss and sadness. Numb. The way she always felt after the dream. The last nightmare had been months ago. But if anything, that made the shock more acute. She rolled over to look at the bedside clock, groaned at the time, and then saw the message light on the phone blinking. She sighed as she sat up to swing her legs over the edge of the bed. She would play the message in a moment, but first she wanted to check on the children. The morning light filtered into the house, the weak light of a stormy autumn day. Savage peered through the landing window into the garden, where sheets of rain lashed down and saplings whipped back and forth in the wind. Beyond the garden, the ground dropped to the sea, where a mist of spray rose and fell with every wave that hit the shore. Farther away, out across Plymouth Sound, a couple of tankers and a navy supply vessel lay anchored behind the shelter of the mile-long breakwater that cut off the roadstead from the open sea. Huge rollers crashed over the breakwater rocks as the storm tried to batter the city into submission. She climbed the stairs to the suite of rooms where the kids slept and paused at the door to Clarissa's old room, now used as an office, and the familiar twinge down in the pit of her stomach returned. She closed her eyes for a moment, and there, right on the edge of her consciousness, she heard the little ding-ding of a bicycle bell. When she opened her eyes, she was almost tempted to go to the window and look out, thinking she might see Clarissa riding in circles on the patio. Silly. Life went on. Things got easier, but they never got put right. She shook her head and went to check on Samantha and Jamie. Of course, they were fine. Samantha, beginning to wake, a tangle of red hair painting the pillow, her limbs akimbo and the bedclothes half on the floor. No doubt she would soon be protesting about having to get up and dressed. The scattering of teen mags, the posters on the walls, glitzy clothing and the mess on the floor said the room belonged to a fifteen-year-old. Savage had to remind herself that Samantha was only thirteen, still her baby girl for a few more years yet. In the adjoining room, the mess belonged to Jamie. He'd come along only six years ago, time that seemed to be measured in a mere blink. Unexpected, unplanned, it had surprised Savage how much she loved him. Not a love she'd had to grow and nurture, like she had with Samantha and Clarissa, but an instant protective love, as powerful as it was scary. Savage moved over to the bed where Jamie lay curled in a tight ball, knees pulled up to his face, almost as she had left him the previous night. He reminded Savage of a hedgehog, hibernating for the winter, protected from anything outside its own little world. It was Sunday, so she would let them sleep some more. She would go downstairs and defrost some bagels, make tea, grab some orange juice, jam and butter, and carry the whole lot to her bedroom, where they could cuddle up and watch the storm develop through the big window that looked out across the sea. When Pete was home, they'd do the same, and Savage reckoned it was good to stick to the routine when he was away.
Keeping the children sane and secure while he was on patrol was something they had both agreed was important. Groundwork, her own mother had called it. With strong enough roots, a tree could stand any gale, she had once said. Down in the kitchen, the base station on the phone blinked. She pressed the button on the unit, and the Irish lilt of D.C. Patrick Enders rang out. His upbeat tone wouldn't have been out of place, introducing a program on a children's television channel, but the grim contents of the message belied his cheerfulness.